0: (laughs) welcome to the toledo matters podcast with bob tucker danny woodcock and nathan lewis Uh, today is our first real episode with
1: a guest and uh, today we have uh, sam Meldon. Uh, he of many uh,
0: interests, as you will hear about soon. Um,
1: I think the interview went all right. How about you, Dave?
0: I think we learned a lot, man, especially about politics. I had he taught me a lot about local versus at large and district. <laughs> <laughs> well, in
1: any event we, we think it went well and uh, um, hopefully this is a sign of uh, good interviews to come and uh, we'll have some news. On that front, as to who upcoming guests will be soon on our website, which is uh, com, Is that correct, Nate? Yep. Uh, yes, yep. that is correct. All right. Uh, today we have with us uh, Sam Meldon, resident Toledoan, and uh, you're involved with a lot of stuff. <laughs> how do yeah. you know how to introduce you? Um, <laughs> and uh, Danny Woodcock, as usual, and myself, Bob Tucker. Um, so hi, Sam. How are you? Pretty good. Yeah? How you guys doing? Pretty okay.
0: good. Thanks for being
1: here. Yeah, you're you're technically our first uh, interview guest, so thank you for being a guinea pig. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see how this goes. You you can uh, fill out a survey afterwards and tell us how how (laughs) often you did.
2: Good. Um, I'll give you some honest feedback.
1: (laughs) So, uh, I I guess, you know, we haven't done one of these before, so let's just start right out.
2: Uh, Are you from Toledo? Where are you from, Sam? You know... Yeah, I say yes to that. Um, I was born in Chattanooga, Tennessee, believe it or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I've lived here since early elementary school. Yeah. Um, rural East Side, went to Lake High School. Uh, Before the tornado or? Pre tornado. Yeah. Pre tornado. That's right. Lake High School, pre tornado. Now it's a lot nicer, but um,
1: yeah. All right. And, and when I first met you, uh, I think you were involved with Food for Thought, mm-hmm. right? And what what
2: is or was food for thought? Yeah, food. So I was the the just the, like the third uh, executive director at Food for Thought. Um, fairly young nonprofit when I started back in uh, eleven, maybe two thousand eleven. Um, but I was there for a few years, and Food for Thought's a really grassroots nonprofit aiming to feed Toledo in a thoughtful way. And they've probably updated some of that language since I've been there, but. Um, But yeah, they had a a Saturday morning free lunch program and um, also kind of this host of mobile food pantries. So they would put a food pantry on the back of the truck and a trailer and create a food pantry on the go, partner with local churches and other um, community-minded organizations. So it was a blast. It was a really great time um, to be there and get to kind of be an ambassador and cheerleader for that. And they, do that, that work. they do
1: that peanut butter and jelly thing too, right? Mm-hmm. Which is yeah. what's that?
2: The well, the Saturday morning thing is all around the peanut butter and jelly sandwich, yeah. so yeah. that was that kind of took over the brand a little bit, right? And the identity. you talking about Jam City? Well, both, yeah, 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 yeah. So then, um, the kind of the annual um big fundraiser is called Jam City, and you get a bunch of restaurants and chefs to kind of create their spin on the peanut butter and jelly sandwich,
3: which is a, a really good time. I, I definitely enjoyed. It that when we were out. That was fun. And they have kind of like wacky spins on on Mm -hmm. peanut
2: butter jelly, right? Yeah. none of them are like sandwiches. It's all kind of like, (laughs)
3: like hamburgers and stuff like that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, balance did balance last year did a, like a lettuce wrap or something. Yeah. It's insane. Yeah. Incredible.
1: And then, um, how did you originally get involved with uh, food for thought?
2: Yeah. I was just volunteering with my church actually. Um, and they had pantry hours, only one evening a week. And so the church that I was a part of said, what if we could kind of open an additional week? And our church just staffs it, um, volunteer-wise. And it was great. So I got involved for a few a few months. And then Amanda, the executive director at that time, uh, was moving on to do something else. And so I stepped into that role. Yeah.
1: And, and your current employer is servant leadership, did I say that right or did I did get the name wrong.
2: Yeah, yeah close enough. So yeah. after Food for Thought, I went on to be the executive director at an organization called the Center for Servant Leadership. Oh. Um, and, you know, Food for Thought was actually the first time I had been involved in nonprofits. I hadn't worked in nonprofits before. i done some hmm. different kind of like marketing, social media, and then even involved in like different church work. Um, so now the Center, uh, the Center for Servant Leadership, is the second nonprofit I've been involved in. It's been going... Pretty well, almost almost a year, mid September.
1: Yeah, and for those who don't know, what what is the right. center for for servant leadership?
2: Well, do you guys know what it is? I've I've visited the website. Are you one of those <laughs> who don't know? Yeah. Um, yeah, not many people know, which is why I, I kind of phrased um, phrased the question that way. Yeah. So the the center for servant leadership is you know where food for thought is much like much more concrete food to hungry people. Yeah. Uh, or at least it's perceived that way, Um, the center is much different. So it focuses on leadership development. And I would say we're like kind of in like the human capacity building business. Um, And so we are, um, the, the center affects social change through a community of servant leaders. And so what we're doing is building up this community of servant leaders. Like that's that's what we do. So whether it's uh, a nonprofit organization and volunteer teams and boards, or even in the for-profit world and um, at the executive level, um, we have leadership training that applies to almost any space. Even some community classes where anyone can engage, and we try to teach and explain and facilitate learning around the principles of servant leadership. Um, you know, and servant leadership is a little tricky sometimes because some people, first of all, it's two words that often people look as, <laughs> as in conflict. Um, yeah. But we actually, I would even say that servant leadership is just good leadership. It's just what happens when someone in power listens, when someone in power uses that influence. To benefit the whole, not just themselves. Rather than just pushing down dictates without right. input. Yeah. Right. So there's, I mean, there's a lot of different language, a lot of different writing around it. Yeah, We, at least in this community, uh, we frame it in the context of servant leadership. And there's no one else doing that. A lot of people have different leadership tracks all over the city in yeah. different contexts, but no one's framing it specifically that way. It's
1: cool. General public would they get involved with the center at all or is it more companies who would hire you for
2: training or or what have you yeah both so i mentioned the community classes that's we have one 10-month cohort called foundations so yeah your eyebrows went up because 10 (laughs) months is a big commitment um yeah and so for for 10 months it's about every other week about a three-hour session at the center on suvenya avenue in west toledo um About 8 to 10, well, 8 to 12 people kind of get together, all different walks of life, and they would form a bit of an intentional community for about 10 months. And the idea there is to go through some very, very in-depth study and reading and reflection and conversation to um, really figure out an an intersection that often people don't really think about or, or they long for, but they don't really identify and discover. And that intersection is where what you are passionate about meets a need in the world. Right. Which, you know, you always hear,
1: uh, you hear two conflicting things a lot in like entrepreneurial kind of advice, you know, do what you love and also solve people's problems. And, you know, a lot of times those
2: don't jive. Right. And so often what happens is you have someone who wants to make a lot of money and then become a philanthropist Yeah, or make no money and do something and be some bleeding heart, you know, take about poverty. And we just think like, no, there is deeply significant work in leading well in whatever organization you're in. And it doesn't always mean giving money to charity. Right. It might just mean structuring your company or structuring your organization in such a way where everyone has a voice, where power is understood throughout the organization. Um, there's a lot of those things that are very, very important. So that's what we would we would try to teach. But to answer your original question, yeah. that would be a community class. Sure. Anyone yeah. could go there. It could be a school teacher, a factory worker, an executive, a stay-at-home parent, whatever it is. Yeah. Um... And then we also have a few different programs. One is called Discovering Servant Leadership. It's a six-week track that we can kind of take to different companies, some authentic leader workshops. We do retreats if asked, some board strategic development if asked. Um, so, yeah, we do quite a bit of stuff.
0: Yeah. Man, that's pretty incredible. How did how'd you guys get started?
2: Yeah, the center was formed like in the mid-'90s actually by two Catholics, and it was a sister, Nancy Westmeyer and Bishop Albert Ottenweller, actually started by doing lay leadership training. So people who weren't clergy in Catholic churches, just kind of helping them um, identify how do people in the church help lead the church, not just people on staff, how do just people in the pews. And uh, the training went really, really well, the different workshops they were doing. And um, the founders at that point said, you know, this really applies to more people than just the church. So what if we took it to a broader audience and then everything I just mentioned was born? (laughs) Does it still have
1: any tie to the church or is it just
2: like the history of it? Or? Yeah, more in the, more in the history. Yeah. Um, now we really try to be more reflective of the people who might be involved, right. which means, you know, you have to be much more open. Sure. Um, but anyway, I would say anyone who has a spiritual kind of foundation or history or a, a source that they kind of draw meaning from, they will find that meaning in the programming. But you don't have to have it to find meaning in the program. Right, right. Cool.
1: And I know, uh, uh, should we switch gears to tribute? Switch Do- gears Do- whatever <laughs> you want. Yeah. What is tribute?
2: Um, yeah. Tribute is uh, a little project I'm involved in. It's funny, you know, um, I'm just like sitting here thinking about it. I think tribute might actually be one of the things that really kind of like ties my whole narrative together a little bit. Yeah. There's, it's not really politically involved at all, but so it's missing that. And my two kids, but like professionally, (laughs) right? Like it it, it ties a lot together. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's like my, you know, the, the whole like social media thing and and technology and that whole startup culture mixed with nonprofits is intriguing to me. Yeah. Um, But that's not what it is. What it is, is basically an online platform for anyone to share a significant day with a cause that they love. And so, um, when's your birthday? either one of you uh, june 29 june june 16th june 16th we have another person in my head right come on
3: yeah nate when's your birthday oh sorry uh april 10th what are you doing back there nate <laughs> i was messing with the dials and things <laughs> Dials. <Okay. laughs>
2: yeah so like on my birthday's march 6th and so on march 6th i um a few weeks before that actually i set up a campaign on tribute it's shareyourday.org shareyourday.org and um, I set up a campaign on Tribute to raise six hundred dollars for Girls on the Run in Northwest Ohio. And so, Girls on the Run became intriguing to me because I've been running over the past couple of years. and really kind of fallen in love with that. And I have two girls. Yeah. Um, if you know anything about Girls on the Run, they do after-school programming in a lot of different schools throughout Northwest Ohio. And they it's a ten-week program that teaches kind of self-esteem and confidence-building type lessons to. Uh, what is it, third through fifth, second through fifth? I'm not sure the ages, but. And it ends with a race, right? That's right. It ends, kind of yeah. culminates with this 5K. Yeah. And so they were expanding into a TPS district um, near where I live, DeVoe Elementary School, and $600 would cover four girls to go through the, the program. So I set up this campaign, share that narrative, put a picture of Aaliyah, my two-year-old with my Detroit half marathon medal. It was a yeah. really, really cute <laughs> picture and, and just said like, hey, this is really important. I would love for you to support this thing. And so, yeah. I don't know, 20 to 30 people kicked in some money and we raised $625 or something. Cool. Wow. And so all that money goes, you know, well, not, not all that money, everything out of the side, like the credit card fees and the small admin fee. But that money sure. went then. Um, to Girls on the Run. So the cool thing, if I can kind of just get yeah, all excited yeah, yeah. about this for a second. Think about that. So Girls on the Run got money from my friends and family, most of which who didn't know what Girls on the Run was. Right. And they didn't even have to ask. Right. So I'm asking on behalf of another nonprofit, and, they're, and I'm asking a group of people they had no access to.
1: You know, I I think it's cool because a lot of times when somebody says, oh, can you please donate to such and such cause? I mean, I almost always see that, unfortunately, in the funeral context, you know, like so-and-so died of this illness, please donate to Cancer Foundation in lieu of flowers. Mm -hmm. But this is more, you know, you're tying it to a more positive (laughs) event, somebody's birthday or somebody's anniversary or or, or what have you.
3: And you're making it more personal with, like you're saying, you're not asking strangers you're being asked by someone that you know and respect for the money as opposed to some stranger asking you for money so it kind of puts it in a like a personal frame right off the bat
2: yeah and i think a lot of philanthropy sometimes is like it it is almost framed in kind of like a guilty in a guilty way like from from the perspective of like oh you really should help at at least at the smaller level, I mean, right. real donor yeah. cultivation and like engaging people for larger gifts is not. It's not still guilt. different, yeah. yeah. Um, but the average like ten to fifteen dollar gift. I mean, you're often saying like, oh, that person's so hungry, help! Like, right, right. Where this is saying, let's celebrate someone. Yeah. And it's also saying, I don't want, I don't want you know, a birthday gift. I don't want a card. I don't want, just let's push it this way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the a whole crowdfunding thing too. I mean, that's what we like to do now. Sure. Yeah. What was this your idea? The whole tribute thing or, um,
1: we lost him. Mike or no. Okay. Sorry.
2: No, 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 it's good. Um, no. So me and my friend Jordan justice and Kevin Marsh, um, we've kind of been kicking this around for a little while. They were really involved with me at food for thought. Um, yeah. And I actually had seen charity water, do this for their organization, Charity Waters and internationally, Uh, it's like a Fortune one hundred nonprofit, right? I mean it's like one of the biggest ones. Yeah, they're doing great. And they have they've built this platform for their donor base, which is great when you have people on staff who can like manage that. Create (laughs) that application. Yeah. Um, but we wanted to create something where locally anyone from Food for Thought who has two staff people, one and a half probably, right. to Cherry Street Mission with, you know, dozens and dozens of staff, that any one of these organizations could use this tool right away. And so, even, even the folks with dozens and dozens of staff, they probably don't have somebody who can, you know, make a website. <laughs> yeah, probably, I mean, probably not, at least in Toledo, right? Yeah, I mean, like yeah. that's a, yeah. um And, and I, I shouldn't even say at least in Toledo, I think... In many mid-sized Rust Belt cities, sure. Also known as most of the country. Right, right, right. So
3: yeah. I, Kevin Marshes are hard to find. Yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs>
2: Kevin's incredible. This is the guy who, like, at in Waite High School, yep. is like the staff like tech person. Is getting like pulled out of class to like not let their computer systems crash in like the <laughs> early two thousands. Then like says college, eh. I'll just do it myself, and gets yeah. a job at Bloomberg, right? <laughs> and then moves back to Toledo. Like he's insane. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and how's tribute how been going? You, you launched it last year or March of this year?
2: Yeah, March of this year. Yeah. My birthday campaign yeah. was like the t- the test
1: campaign. Nice. They're been opening.
2: Other campaigns and, and
1: yeah, it's been going all right.
2: Yeah, there's been a few. Um, it's been going. It's a slow. You know, it's a slow process, this whole startup thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um and you know, go figure this is like everything else. This is certainly not what Kevin and Jordan and I are doing full time, yeah. With even half of yeah. our time right. and energy. So um but yeah, it's been it's been going really, really well. I mean I I sound apologetic and I don't mean to don't Oh, think, yeah. I don't yeah. really care. I think it's going great. Sure. Someone just finished up a campaign for mobile meals this past week, I nice. think. Um yeah, and so I think I think it taps into a younger generation. Uh, it's built around birthdays, which means you can't have like 400 people do it all at once just right. because it just came out. Right. You know, like all of your birthdays are past Right. that we just talked about. Right. So we have to wait till next year to even mm-hmm. get a crack at yours. So, um, but yeah, it's been going, it's been going pretty well. The key we have to sign, we have to sign up nonprofits. That's the key. So if you know of any nonprofits yeah. or all of your thousands of listeners, if they know of any nonprofits, <laughs> right. very just, send them, there. Yeah, <laughs> just send them to shareyourday.org and they can, nonprofits can sign up very easily and that... That increases the pool of organizations that are available to re- yeah. receive funds. and we'll
3: we'll put a, a link to that on the on the yeah. site for the for the episode as well, so great. people will be able to find it easily. Now, um,
1: you, you have kids. I know. I do. Uh, I I also have kids, and uh, Danny does not. I don't either. What, what is it about <laughs> Toledo that you, you think is is great for raising kids? Is is there specific events, specific locations? things like that. I know that's kind of an open-ended question. Yeah, yeah. Well, first of all, it's cheap. Yeah.
2: Make no mistake. I mean, what if... What if? I mean, Wall Street Journal. So my sister lives in Fort Lauderdale and we're trying to recruit her to move back. Yeah. She just had a baby a year ago-ish. No, nine months. Nine months ago. I should know that. Um, Wall Street Journal just said Toledo's like the fifth most affordable city to raise a family. Yeah. I mean, that's a big deal. Right, right. I mean, you can get a real nice house for a very reasonable price yeah it's very true and not, not only that i mean we have decent school systems too yeah and yeah I, 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 but to me the answer to your question is yeah. no different than if you were to ask like why do i enjoy living in toledo sure yeah and i really think that toledo is what you make it and um you know everyone likes to talk about like we have the greatest zoo in the world and the art museum and the parks and all of those things are fantastic yeah and the people who want to, like, smash on Toledo in a negative way don't go to those things. And so it doesn't matter if we have them, right? Right. Um, but we have, we have great... I mean, we have really great neighborhoods. Um, the restaurant scene is insane, although with kids, you end up, like, going to Red Lobster at 5 p.m. Um, Or takeout or delivery. No, my wife and I joke, like, it's senior citizens and kids of toddlers. Oh, yeah. Like, no, like, we eat dinner at 5 p.m. Yeah. Without fail. And, like, if our kids are with, like, the grandparents, my wife and I eat dinner at 5 p.m. Well, you get into a routine, right? Yeah, it's great. So, yeah, I I would say that. I mean, Twitter is what you make it. It can be... Uh, as good as you want it to be.
1: Now, you were kind of flirting with the at-large city council run this year, Mm -hmm. but you decided not to. Do you want to talk about that?
2: No. No. Of course I do. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I mean, yeah, so I think we need young people in politics. Um, I think we need young people who have kids in politics. I think we need um, a a fresh perspective uh, I think we need people who are more entrepreneurial and more engaged with the kind of the creative energy that's going on in the city. yeah, uh, also involved in politics. But I would say even more than that, um, or let me just like drill down on what I mean by involved. I don't mean only in office. right. What I mean by involved is people actually realizing and making the connection. Making, if we had this conversation with the four of us and we identified what our top ten values were, what we want out of the place where we live, the city where we live, and the town and the neighborhood where we live, we have to be able to make the connection that local politics matters in that conversation. Yeah, And absolutely. I think for a lot of reasons, and in a lot of ways, um, the younger generation, my our generation has just kind of looked at that channel, that sphere, and said, man, that's kind of irrelevant. right. So that was my main motivating factor. I wanted to say, you know, I'm going to take a step forward then and, and see what interest we can um, get together around that. Yeah. And you ultimately decided not to run, right? Yeah.
1: And uh, now, but you're still pretty involved. You want right. To, you're you're working for Mike Bell, is that right? Yeah. How'd, yeah. You, how'd you get in with him? What, what, what happened there?
2: Well, let me say why I'm not running. Sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no, Sorry, no, that's I good. I skipped it. Um, you know, I... Um, You know, it was interesting. So there was a disappointment. So Jack Ford passed away. Um, Unfortunately, it was a a real sad moment, especially when you consider what happened with the late Mayor Collins and and everything that's been going on in the city. And so I went for that appointment, and I was like one of 38 people or something crazy. It might have been 458. I don't know what it was, but there were a lot of people that went out for this appointment. And I got a few votes from the 11 people on council that would make that appointment. But ultimately... Um, Dr. Um, Cecilia Adams got the the appointment, and she's just really great. I mean, you're talking about someone who's been committed to this community for a really long time. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the knock on that appointment would be that it's just another Democratic voice and that now it's just flat out Democratic Party um, locking down city council and not being able to move it forward. But I'm not running against that. Right. Right. Like if I were running, I'm not in that w- at large, I'd be running directly against someone else. I'm not running against an idea. I'm running against Dr. Adams.
1: Yeah. Especially this year because there's only right. one at large spot. Right. open. Yeah. Cause it's, normally there's, there's four or what, or what have six, you. Six. Yeah. Six. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: And so I just felt like that ad- there's no, it's not about a principle. It's about a person. Yeah. And so I just decided like, I think I would vote for her. <laughs> so if I, would, if I would vote for her, why would I run against her? Yeah. Um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So I just decided to kind of step out. And there will always be more opportunities if, um, you know, down, down the road. I'm a whopping 31 years old. And so I think mm-hmm. I have some time. Um, yeah. But yeah, but I do want to be involved. And so when when someone asked me to be involved, in, when, well, when Mike asked me to be involved in this campaign to... To become mayor again, I definitely was excited to do now, that.
1: Now, the reason I first knew you were involved with this campaign is he, you know, he had a periscope walking toward uh, the Board of Elections to post petition, and I saw a picture of the person holding the the, the phone, yeah. taking the periscope. That looks an awful like Sam <laughs> <laughs> like, <Yeah>. aha. <laughs> did you guys follow that at all? Did you see it? I, I saw uh, that one. I didn't see the more recent one he just did. Sure. Um, but you saw the announcement that y- we wanted yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's a great way... To reach people, it's a great way to avoid questions at a press conference too. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but but it's uh, no, I, I think it's real clever because who watches press conferences?
2: You know, yeah.
1: people who watch the nightly news and and how right. big of a audience is that? I, I don't
3: know. Well, I- our generation and even and the younger ones below us even more like don't watch. We don't get our news from the nightly news at yeah. all. Like that's we have so many other streams to collect information from that it's just we just don't tune in yeah
2: yeah so quick little poll around the podcast podcast poll how do you guys get your information local local news so i would even say and you have to add in like you know local political news where do you get it facebook okay uh twitter and the blades website you go to the blades website, or do you follow I, the writers on Twitter? I
1: do both. Um, every morning, when I first get into work, I pull up the blades website and I look at it. But then for the rest of the day, and if it's a weekend, um, odds are I'm just looking at Twitter. You don't get the physical paper. I do actually get the physical paper. Okay, but I tend not to read the physical paper. At least not the news section. I tend to like show my son the sports section. Yeah. And <laughs> the comics, because I, I don't have time in the morning to really look at it, and I don't bring it to work. Yeah. So.
3: Yeah, so I, I get mine Twitter and uh, my wife a lot. She's way more <laughs> plugged in than I am. But uh, I, I also do get the newspaper just because they will not stop delivering it, no matter how many times I call them and tell them I don't want it. So it, I they, think I tripped over the Sunday Blade on the way in. Is, is it honest. still out there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was. It's pretty much, yeah, they keep dropping it, and I keep having to put it directly into the recycling bin. So if you're listening, stop delivering the paper, please. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Huh.
2: Well, first of all, I want to say something about the physical newspaper. I had a friend of mine, you know, um, a good friend of mine, much more engaged, about three or four years ago, he challenged me to read the newspaper every yeah. single day for a year. Yeah. Good luck. Um, yeah. Not like the whole thing, but just to read it every single day for a year. And I was, I was not reading the paper. I was just kind of like, you know, moving forward. Like, oh, ah, yeah. news, however. And I did it, and it changed everything. It changed the way I engage with everything. Um, I, really? Yeah, it totally did. And I would, I would honestly pass that challenge on to anyone yeah. who doesn't do it. I would also add, physical newspaper. Here's the reason. I think that well, there's there's two things. One, the Blade's website is terrible. It is. The app is worse. Yep. Yeah. And I'm sorry. They'll figure it out. Uh, it's a little behind. But what I'm about to say it makes up for that slam on the Blade's website. Uh, I like the layout of the newspaper. The, mm-hmm. Look, the, how long the newspaper's been around? This is a pretty proven... Yeah. Uh, that's bad for podcasts. Pretty proven podcasts. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin talks to me about plosives sometimes. Yeah, we need, um, we need
3: to get some pop shields, I think. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a guinea pig, right? So, you
2: know, the newspaper's been around for so long, and it matters the way you lay certain things out. There have been days in the past couple months that I look at the cover of the blade and I go... The snapshot of what's going on globally, nationally, locally, regionally. Yeah. I mean, you really get a snapshot there. Also, the editorial page, you don't get it the same way online. It's right. just not the same thing. Um, and I think it, I think it's also really interesting, like, where do they put that? Do they put that above the fold, below the fold? Is it on the second news or is it on the main page? It's really, you just get insights into certain things. Um that was that was a, that was, a that was a good little little yeah. tangent. And I want to get back know, to the Periscope right. thing, but sure. um, but yeah, I think that like the, the the media media matters. I will say that I think news and print is in a much better place than than television news, especially media. local television. Oh, yeah. news, I think, I think yeah. that I mean I don't understand their I don't I don't get their way forward. I mean yeah. it, it feels like it's all a bunch of um, weekend shows. It's like the Today Show. If every news right. broadcast could become the Today Show. It's interesting guests and people talking about who knows what. But real, real news?
0: And there's a lot of sensationalism.
2: Well. It's just. Absolutely. Well,
0: <laughs> I got to get ratings, right? Um.
2: So, but, but this ties into Periscope really, really well. So yeah. we do that thing at the Board of Elections. And, um, you know, a lot of people are saying, like, you know, the press conference dig. That was a joke. I appreciate yeah, that. But you're not the only one making that <laughs> joke. Yeah. Um, but here's what's really interesting about it. Um, we get done with the Periscope feed. So for those of you who don't know or whoever's, all of your thousands of listeners may not be in tune with this issue, <laughs> Mike Bill goes to announce that he's running, kind of. Um, I say kind of announce, not kind of running. Um, he was just pulling petitions, exploring that. And we thought, how do we tell the story in a better way? Give you a little behind the scenes info. Um, and so what we decided to do was to live stream him walking up to the Board of Elections and he had this brilliant idea to make it like a bit of like a lesson yeah. for people who might want to get involved and don't even know that you have, I mean, do you know how many people we've asked to sign petitions and they've said, for what? You don't just like declare you're running and then you're on the ballot. Right. What's a, what are you talking about? Right. <laughs> so he said, let's make it a bit of an educational thing. And, and it was really, really fun. On our way out, this is what's interesting. On our way out. Uh, We run into someone from 13, and they run up, and guess what the first question they asked was? Can we use your Periscope feed in (laughs) our piece? And I said, absolutely. And if you watch, the next day, The Blade, so the only print. Yeah. Another issue we should talk about some other time. The only print news publication in the city, and all three major uh, television news broadcasts, either had a still shot or used the footage of Mike announcing on Periscope. Yeah. Grabbed the feed from Periscope and put it in, put it into their yeah. television broadcast. I thought it was really
1: effective. You know, I, yeah. I was sitting in my office, you know, I had a little, little alert on my phone right. when somebody, right. I on Twitter's on Periscope and I'm like, oh yeah, that was today. I'll check that out. Right. And I watched it and I thought it was a great, great way to do that. And you're right, I also remember the day after looking at the blade, and they had a picture that I recognized directly from, from the Periscope video. So it mm-hmm. worked out well, I thought. Now, has he filed, he's filed his um, signed petitions, or is he still?
2: Yeah, so they're due um, like the, the third, yeah. the Friday. I think that's How right. many signatures do you need? you need 750 valid. Um, Yep. Which means you, you end up getting more than that just to yeah everyone pretty much gets like the max is fifteen hundred yeah so everyone pretty much gets the max um, safe bet right <laughs>
1: it's a it's a crowded
2: field this year huh <laughs> it's it's a bit of a bit of a crowded field although it's starting to it's starting to there's people are starting to separate a little bit um, but everything will happen after Labor Day I mean quite yep. frankly the the petitions are due the Friday before the way it all falls this year. It's a strange, um, strange circumstances with Mary Allen's dying in, in the yeah, way that course. the
1: charter sets it up.
2: Yeah, no, yeah. no the charter is interesting. So yeah. there's no primary. Right. In addition to that, because it's a special election, whoever wins takes office the next day. Yeah. Like once oh, the wow. election is official, right? Right. Yeah. Normally it's January or whatever. And the
1: no primary thing is, you know, with, with this many candidates, the winner's not, probably not going to have over 50%. It's going to be mm-hmm. some, something significantly smaller than that, which will be, I mean, that'll be, it'll be
2: interesting to see how that all turns out, I think yeah so i i what
0: do you guys what do you guys think about all that i, I was just know. about to ask how many people are actually running i'm a little out of tune with this i'd have to well
3: think. i think to sam's point i think a lot of people in our generation are out of tune with this yeah. i don't think we're alone there
1: yeah yeah and especially since a lot of people i mean
3: cardi in the middle of the street notwithstanding haven't done a ton of
1: campaigning yet right you know Usually in mayoral elections, you'd have debates by now and stuff like that, and, and we, we just haven't.
2: Well, there'd be a primary. Yeah,
1: there'd be a primary in September, and yeah. we'd be gearing up for that.
2: No, October will be the month. Yeah. Uh, and I think. I mean, September people will be jockeying and doing different things, but I think October will be the month where you'll see a lot of debates and everything else. Probably maybe some in September, but nothing yeah. will happen until after Labor Day. Um, right. So we have seven in the field, I think, right now. So you have uh, the incumbent. Uh, mayor Paula Hicks-Hudson. You have Cardi Finkbeiner, former mayor, and all-around interesting guy. <laughs> uh, you have former mayor Mike Bell. Um, you have D. Michael Collins' uh, widow, Sandy Drabit Collins. Um, is that four? Is that what I just said? In, yep. Yeah, the, Yeah, then I'm right. So then you have uh, councilwoman, uh, councilmember Sandy Spang, um, former council member and almost mayor, Mike Ferner. Yeah. Um, and the one and only Opal Covey. Opal Covey.
3: Didn't Sandy just get elected to something else recently? Sandy Spain? Yeah.
2: Um, yes, he's been on city council for 18 months.
3: Yeah. So um, you can be on city council and run for mayor. Well, especially this year, because her her she was just elected,
1: and so her position isn't up again this year, right? Because of the way the uh, the the, uh, the the timing with Mayor Cowan's death and, and, and the charter and when the election has to be. Yeah. Normally, the, the mayoral election is the same year as the at large city council right. elections, and then that may that may have impacted uh, her decision.
2: She yeah, she's running from cover. They say yeah. so. If she doesn't win the mayoral election, then she goes right back to what she was doing before. Yeah, um, interesting. Not bad. Yeah, it's not bad. I mean, it happens. You know, uh, all the way through, all the way through the system. I think locally, it's a little more challenging. Um, you know, there's I mean, there's there's back, of, but district, the district seats are up this year.
3: This yeah. year, that's right. Yeah. Sandy also. Um, Runs a very cool spot in Toledo. Um, Plate Twenty One is yep. a pretty yeah. hip little coffee shop. If you uh, right. are out on Detroit Avenue and want a, a nice a nice uh, mocha, it's a block away from my dentist. So I was up after <laughs> getting numbed up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Pour some sugar and cream all over your nice yeah. clean teeth. Yeah, but numbed mouth. Uh,
2: yeah, I'm curious about this group. So I mean, how do you think younger people will become more engaged in politics? I want to know from the youngest person in the room. Damn it, that's me.
3: <laughs> You're up. Uh,
0: like just being in here and hearing you talk, I hear districts and city at large. Some of these terms, I just sit back and listen to context to not really right. know about. So I think first and foremost, just getting in front of us, like the, the Facebook post. I saw your Periscope from from my Facebook feed just because someone shared it, and there was your link right there. Right. I mean, just just being active on that and creating like a, a, a more of a person-to-person buzz than necessarily uh like I don't watch the news at all and if I go home and my parents have it on I usually turn it off because it's kind of depressing and there's more than gunshots and fires going on in Toledo so I don't need to watch this and just just seeing your periscope and seeing the genuine him doing this not practice speech reaches out to us and we I think us being young and having the internet and reading whatever the f we want on there we think of everything oh this probably isn't true we can't believe this they practice the speech too much but to see him go up and you know live right in front of my eyes as he's doing it uh he'll connect better with us
2: do you are you registered to vote yeah you plan on voting yeah yeah i think that's one of the things too that i think is really concerning to me personally is that you know we're engaging with a lot of young people um and it's it's critical. I mean, it's just very very important that young people start to feel that or, or realize and begin to articulate their voice through that system. Um, but the way to do that is by voting.
3: Yeah. Right, and I feel like they the younger generation has never been told why it's important and what it means and what it what it can do for them and what they can do for themselves through this. Like I just think there's nowhere for them where they're hearing this information. You know, I know my parents never said, hey, you should definitely pay attention to local politics because it's really important. You know, it just was never something that was put in front of me. And I think if we put it in front of them in a way that says, you know, this is, here's what you can do with this. Here's what you can do for your community with this. I think that's really what will get them engaged again.
2: It's interesting, though, I I, I, I hear you saying, like, you said it's it was, the periscope thing for you was this real picture into someone's life <clears throat> instead of a practice speech. You know, you watch like the national news, and you feel like it's so canned. Yeah, and this was like taking the lid off and like let's like actually look at what's really going on. It kind of took the politics out of it, politics. Exactly, I think that's that's a huge. I think that's a huge deal. But mm. that's what we want. I mean, that's like.
1: Well, in another piece of it, I mean, I come from a little bit different perspective. I remember going to a church festival wearing a Pete Silverman shirt when Mike Ferner first ran for mayor. Yeah. <laughs> and Pete Silverman was running against uh, Ferner and Finkbeiner in the primary with some other folks. Ferner Fink, and Finkbeiner ended up winning the primary and going on to the, to the general yeah. with Finkbeiner winning. But,
2: Finkbeiner yeah. winning by a 700 vote. votes. Yeah, a And how many people voted? 92 92,000? Right. Or more? And there, I mean,
1: if we want to dredge up ancient history, there were uh, a number of polling places with, with electrical power issues that election day and, oh my and all sorts of stuff. But, uh, but even just yeah. from like
2: an involvement. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah, just saying sure. like you had 90,000 plus. How many people voted in the last? It was like 30 or less. Yeah. Right. It's, it was less.
1: Yeah. yeah. I mean, less than 90. I don't know. Yeah, exactly no, what yeah.
3: And what's the voting population of Toledo? Like Let's if everyone was registered and voted, what do we know that number? Yeah,
2: people debate over that.
3: Yeah, I mean, it's way more than ninety-two thousand, though.
2: Well, it's it's over a hundred for. I mean,
1: we. I would have, say minimum,
2: it's double that. I
1: yeah. it's around,
3: I think it's one eighty to two twenty-five. Yeah. So we've got fifteen percent of the voting population actually voting.
2: Yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, I mean,
1: that's that's to some extent a problem nationally, though. Too. I mean, sure. Of, of of you, you don't have any. I think close to 100% voting. But. Well,
3: we we can't get into national issues on this show, Bob. We only have an hour. <laughs> No, I know. I know. But, um, yeah, I, I I think for me to answer your question a little, I, again, I come from a different perspective. I, right.
1: I had local politics kind of in my life since I was a little kid. Um, but it's frustrating for me to see the same people in office running for election that I saw when I was 10, you know. Mm. And... Uh, I, I, for folks who, who are native Toledoans who are paying some attention, who are younger, it, you know, I, I think having new, new exciting faces and with people, with new ideas uh, would would be a, a big boon to to yeah. getting uh, excitement up. And, and that's and a catch twenty two, though. You oh, know, of course. You know yeah. that. <laughs>
2: no, I know. No, I mean the the paradox there is that you're suggesting that younger people will inspire a younger generation.
1: If not, and, if not, younger people, um, different people. Okay, fresh faces will yeah.
2: inspire a young generation. Yeah. And the only way to get fresh faces is by a younger generation becoming more engaged. Of course. I mean, yeah. I think this. So the the Dr. Adams thing with me. I mean, you think about this. I got in, I went after the appointment because I wanted younger people involved. And I bowed out of the process, when a retired, TPS teacher. I don't know. Six. I don't know how old Dr. Adams is. I don't want to speculate about her age. Sure, but Yeah. She's of retirement age. Yeah. I deferred to her, but why? Because she was the best person for the job. So Peter Yavagi yeah. is about to run. Yep. Talk about a name you've been hearing on your life. Oh, yeah. Peter Yuvagi is about to run for District 3, which is the east side in South Toledo. Yep. And there isn't, and in terms of what district council seats are, there isn't anyone, in my opinion, right? There's no like endorsement or whatever. I'm sure. never a part of a political party <laughs> necessarily. But if you look at what a district council person does, there isn't anyone better. Yeah. He, no one's going to argue and fight for that district more. There's a really super young guy running. It doesn't mean he's better. doesn't yeah. mean he's ready. It no. yeah. doesn't mean he's yeah. better. So so there's this interesting kind of, you know, this friend of mine, um, older gentleman, we were talking about this and someone, he said, he brought up the notion of like, just pass the torch. Mm-hmm. And he's like, but it's my torch. I'm using it. <laughs> I'm Get your own damn torch is yeah. what he said to me. He's yeah. like, get your own damn torch. I'm still <laughs> lighting the way with this thing. Yeah. I have to keep moving. Yeah, yeah. And I think if I was, I put myself in that shoe like 65, you know, 70, I think I would feel the exact same way. Right. So it all comes down to competition. It comes down to mentorship. It comes down to like cultivating a younger generation and media forms kind of matching that. And, I mean, it's certainly a multifaceted thing, but I was curious what, yeah, uh, what you guys thought.
1: Well, cool. Um, let's switch gears a little. You have coming up, uh, TEDx Toledo. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, you're still one of the organizers for that? Yeah. Yep. I know you were last year and previous years too? or.
2: Yeah, this is the third year I've been a part of it. Will Lucas is the main curator of it. Yeah. Um, and I went the first year that was really impactful for me, and then he asked me to be involved in future years. Yeah, this year's going to be really exciting. It's at the, the Glass Salon at the um, Toledo Art Museum, mm-hmm. um, September 17th. Um, you know We've done a lot of different things in terms of how many speakers and how much time they all get. Uh, this year is you don't want to miss this one. It's going to be really really good. Um, I believe every speaker is getting about the same amount of time. It's going to be less speakers, more content. Yeah, really it, great stuff. Just
3: looking at the
1: you know the the agenda or the the list of speakers, it seemed to be more focused than than See, last year. Yeah. yeah.
3: Can you go into a little bit about what TEDx is and 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 what it's about um, for people who may not understand what it is?
2: Sure, yeah. So, TEDx is the, the local iteration of the TED movement, um, and it, TED stands for technology, education, and design, um, and uh, sometimes I think it was entertainment, but I think it's education. It's education. Education. It is education. Checking facts over there on the... He's touching this computer, by the way. Can I just mention that? So yeah. He's typing. He has a little mouse. He's using the mouse clip pad. He's, he's typing on the screen. He's gonna, I think he just broke it in half. <laughs> yeah, he's going to... was that called, a yoga? Or, yeah, it's a yoga. Yeah.
0: Yoga. It's called a yoga. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Which, real quick, side note, is there going to be yoga at this year's TEDx, like there last year? There was yoga last I year, I loved right, it. Yeah. I don't know if there will
2: be, but it is at the art museum, so there'll be some art, you know, infused uh, activities. Sweet. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so the, the TED conference is this internationally known movement and it's all based on ideas worth spreading and so you give the brightest minds in the world a chance to give the talk of their lives in 18 minutes so it was just saying you know you could talk for an hour or two and give some great keynote but let's see what you really got distill it down Um, the X stands for exponential like well, how can we take this movement and allow it to grow all over in in a much because there's one big TED right and then these are the locally organized that's right yeah the big TED is like a week or yeah. something. It's great yeah. cra- it's crazy. Uh, but some really incredible talks. If you go to is it Ted Ted.com or Ted.org or something. Yeah,
1: they actually have a really good um, like iOS app too, if you just want to oh, browse sure. around for yeah ted radio stuff. hour i mean yeah. it's yeah. on
2: netflix it's everywhere a yeah. well tedx of just just a local version of that and so one day handful of a little will give a incredible incredible talk this year's um theme is called is the long view and um you know this actually comes out of a lot of what we've been talking about like some yeah. political stuff some yeah. nature of how do we engage with media and the whole notion of the long view is often we we're kind of stuck in like this 24-hour news cycle was fine but now we're in the 140 character news cycle like if it doesn't fit into a tweet it doesn't really matter um, and so we're thinking like how do you ever discern what really really matters when you're digesting information that way And so we said, sometimes with topics like these, we need to take the long view. Right. Um, I'll give you one quick story on on how that came about. So last year, the water crisis happened in the city. Yeah. (laughs) It was in late July, early August or something.
3: Yeah. Hashtag empty glass city. Yeah. Yeah. Hashtag (laughs) empty glass city. Man,
2: I made the LA Times done that weekend. Did I tell you guys this? No. No way.
3: You want like another tangent? Yeah, Yeah, (laughs) yeah, let's go. Go All
2: right. So I'll give you another tangent. So I live um, in little West Toledo neighborhood, typical Toledo um, three houses around me have been foreclosed in the last 18, 24 months. And, um, you know, it's just interesting. A lot of renters. Well, the guy renting the house right across the street from me that morning, you know, everyone remembers that you woke up. Sure. Yeah. You woke up to the news. People yeah. living in the burbs texting you. Your water's bad. Like it was this terrible <laughs> thing. And I woke up and it, it was like Saturday morning and like oh, I have two kids. Like what am I going to do? Right. Right. And so I went out looking for water, come home. There's nothing. And my neighbor across the street, um, who has since moved, um, but he drove up into Michigan. He heard the story. He got off like a late night shift. Or sure. Drove up three hours into Michigan, bought cases of water and brought it back. And he's he said, yeah, I got some. You want a couple cases? Oh, man. I was oh. like, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I said, That'd be great. He said, well, like, can I pay you? And he's like, no, 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 don't worry about it. And he's like, well, this is what we're supposed to do, right? Yeah, yeah. And I was like, I guess, yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm supposed to pay you. But it was really great. Um, And so I tweeted that out, and it got retweeted like 40 times, right? Because I used the hashtag and all that stuff. It just turned built. a friend of mine in the Blade retweeted it. Someone following the story with the LA Times found it, messaged me, called me for the story. And that ended up being, that story of my neighbor ended up being one of the stories in the LA Times story. Just saying how neighbors are coming together. Yeah. Just like beating each other over the head gallons of water. Not just trying to gouge people <laughs> right. for water. Because that's what airport. it was. A lot of people like to talk about like, oh, everyone's yeah. hoarding water, yeah. which yeah. probably happened, but that there were so many no. acts of kindness that took place too. So. Yeah. Th- that
1: morning, I-, I luckily took my wife and son to the airport. So it was just me in town. Yeah. And I was able to pick up a bunch of water on my way back from the airport, which... Hopefully not at
2: the airport. No, no. <laughs> talk no. about gouging.
1: No, a gas station about Yeah. By, Sure. There, but.
2: So that water crisis happens and people actually, so TEDx is like three or four weeks later. Yeah. And someone said, oh, are you going to have someone talk about the water crisis at TEDx? And we were like, well, first of all, like all of these speakers have already been decided. And yeah. secondly, about, like just reporting on it? Or like, <laughs> right. Like right. what would be the idea worth spreading? We just It just happened. How are we going to... Let's think about it. How are we going to engage? Yeah. So this year we have someone talking about it. And yeah. so we have, we've had some time to kind of really dig into this and we can take the long view, uh, Keith Burris. I know what he's going to talk about. It's going to be really, really great. Willie Knighton is unbelievable. You're not going to want to miss that one. So, uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a really good time.
3: Yeah. Cool. Well, I plan on being there. Yeah. I have a deposition early in the morning that I hope to be done quickly so I can be, but <laughs> 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 they'll be getting your <laughs> utmost attention. It sounds like Yeah, that will be great.
1: Um, so I, I think we're going to wrap up here. I just real quick something we're, we're going to be asking people, is there something kind of most Toledoans wouldn't know about? That's like one of your favorite things that people really should know about, like a place to go or an event to do or
2: anything oh, like that. Oh man.
1: Um, a hidden gem
3: as it were. a hidden gem. And I, and I didn't prepare you at all. for no. that, So, so <laughs> maybe we should keep it that way. I kind of yeah. like that quick pull up. Periscope. <laughs> yeah. Um,
2: you know, I would say
3: hmm. well, the
2: first thing that's coming to mind is... Yeah, just, just gut shot. it? What, what is Ottawa Park.
1: Oh, yes. oh, yeah. yeah, We're yeah. not too far from
2: it right Brace now. Brace yourself, right? Ottawa Park. So here's why. So I love to golf. Yeah. And um, Ottawa Park is really... I love it. Um, it's one of the oldest golf courses in the state of Ohio. Hmm. Um it, it, I think it's a really great cross-section of the city of Toledo. So it's a classic golf course. It's boxed in, right? It can yeah. never get bigger. That's why it's a really short track. I mean, it's, right. it's not uh, some really big new course. Uh, but it's a really classic golf course, um, but surround, but it's in, it's in a park, right? And so there's this trail that runs around it. Um, which I run now a lot. So I started golfing a lot. I don't golf as much anymore. Running is much less expensive. Frustra- <laughs> and less frustrating. To yeah. Me. Well, it
3: depends on how good you are, I guess. Um, well, speaking for myself. At right. Time. Running can be very frustrating for they, me. They just fixed Ottawa Park, too. They did all that water, the whole water uh, movement system to make it not flood and all that, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's just
2: one of these things that I think is, like, historically, uh, it's just rich with history, but also, like, it just matches the time that we're in and it matches yeah. today. Yeah. And so you'll see families going and playing actually at the park. You'll see people running, um, really great neighborhood all it's, around it. It's got
3: one of the best. Uh, I played Frisbee golf yeah. um, at it's a lot of different that. places around the country, Colorado, um, Florida. And the Ottawa Park Frisbee golf is one of the best I've played at. And it was actually designed by one of the original guys who started up Frisbee golf. Um, so it, it's a, it's a pretty, pretty, got some history with the Frisbee golf there as well.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's wild. I mean, I think it's, it's history. It's today. It's, yeah. It's all yeah, good yeah. Stuff. Scenery's beautiful. Yeah. They've no, I mean the, the deer, uh, there's so many deer. There's always it's, deer on one. Trail, yeah. There's this one real, this buck is just enormous. It frightens me. I'm running. It's early in the morning, <laughs> often dusk you know, yeah. just really, really dark. And I look over and there's this deer just like right off the path <laughs> and I'm glad no one's with me because I jump a little bit. <laughs>
1: All right. Well, well. Thanks, Sam, for coming in. Yeah, thank we, you. we appreciate it. Hopefully, it wasn't too painful. It's great. Uh, yeah, I'll talk to you soon.
3: Thanks. <laughs>